The Braille Forum, Volume 50, March 2012, Number 7, published by the American Council of the Blind, read by Mark Delgado in the studios of the Cutting Corporation, Bethesda, Maryland. This recording is tone indexed. The beginning of each item in the table of contents will be indicated by a beep, audible when your cassette player is in fast forward or rewind. The American Council of the Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. Mitch Pomerantz, President; Melanie Brunson, Executive Director; Sharon Lovering, Editor. National Office, twenty-two hundred Wilson Boulevard, Suite six fifty, Arlington, Virginia, two 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 zero one, two zero two four six seven five zero eight one, fax seven zero three four six five five zero eight five, website http colon slash slash www dot acb dot org. The Braille Forum trademark. Is available in Braille, large print, half-speed four-track cassette tape, data CD, and via email. Subscription requests, address changes, and items intended for publication should be sent to Sharon Lovering at the address above, or via email to s l o v e r i n g at acb dot org. The American Council of the Blind (trademark) is a membership organization made up of more than seventy state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the national office at the number listed above. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, sixty-three hundred Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite one ninety-five, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota five five four three zero. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the national office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the national office. To make a contribution to ACB via the combined federal campaign, use this number: one 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 five five. For the latest in legislative and governmental news. Call the Washington Connection toll free at eight hundred four two four eight six six six, five p.m. to midnight Eastern Time, or read it online. Copyright two thousand twelve, American Council of the Blind. All content made available in publications, in any media, on any website domains administered by ACB, or as a broadcast or podcast on ACB Radio, archived or not. Is considered to be the property of the American Council of the Blind. Those responsible for creative content may allow their materials to appear elsewhere with prior notification to the ACB National Office and with appropriate attribution. Table of Contents. President's Message. Employment of the Blind Today and Tomorrow, Part One, by Mitch Pomerantz. Side One. Randolph Shepard Program received much-needed boost from the White House. By Melanie Brunson, Side One, ACB Conference 2012, What's in It for You, by Janet Dickelman, Side One, Come Race to Lead in ACB, by Ray Campbell, Side One, Be a Leader, Be a DKM First Timer, by Ellen J. Casey, Side Two, Board of Publications Awards Your Excellence in 2012, Side Two. 
Using Fundraisers to Promote Your Affiliate by Ronald E. Milliman. Side 2. Update on Sleep Study. Side 2. Young Described Film Critic Contest. Side 2. Affiliate News. Side 2. Passings. Side 3. Here and There. Edited by Sue Lichtenfels. Side 3. High Tech Swap Shop. Side 3. Forum subscription notes. You can now get the Braille Forum by podcast. To subscribe, go to the Braille Forum page on www.acb.org. If you do not yet have a podcast client, you can download one from the Forum page. To subscribe to the Braille Forum via email, go to www.acb.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash L-I-S-T-I-N-F-O slash B-R-A-I-L-L-E-F-O-R-U-M hyphen L. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666 or via email S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at acb.org. Give her the information, and she'll take care of the changes for you. President's Message Employment of the Blind Today and Tomorrow, Part 1 By Mitch Pomerantz This President's Column is the first of a two-part look at employment challenges facing blind and visually impaired people now, and down the road a few years, and what we can do to address those challenges. My reason for making this a twofer is that as I kept writing, I realized I had a lot to say on the subject. So, you've been warned. As a long-time observer of the American political scene, a 50-plus year reader of speculative science fiction, and as the elected leader of a major national consumer advocacy organization of blind and visually impaired people, I determined that it was time to do a bit of speculating regarding the future of employment for those of you who are, or will be, venturing out into the labor market. Overall, I believe we're going to be in for what an old Chinese curse refers to as interesting times. The United States is struggling out of the Great Recession. Unfortunately, the recovery we're experiencing doesn't involve creation of sufficient well-paying jobs to meet the demand. More on that shortly. My parents' generation has been dubbed the greatest generation. The blind men and women of that greatest generation successfully advocated for white cane laws throughout the nation. They fought for the right of blind people to teach sighted children in public schools and a whole host of other rights that, in my view, too many of us these days take largely for granted. If we're not to be cursed with those interesting times, we must begin thinking and acting very differently from how we've thought and acted for the past generation or so. Since perhaps the early 1990s, there has been a rapidly accelerating trend toward globalization. For the U.S., this has meant that hundreds of thousands of jobs have migrated overseas to where labor costs are far less and profit margins are far higher. Many of those jobs, including manufacturing and call center jobs, were formerly held by blind and low-vision individuals. While a few widely publicized companies have chosen to bring those jobs back home, they are still the exception rather than the rule. Those jobs are gone forever. Then there is the fact that with the pervasive use of technology in the workplace, businesses are able to be more productive with fewer employees. The driving paradigm of our age, and for the foreseeable future, is, will be, 
competition, survival of the fittest business or corporation, regardless of whether there are five employees or five thousand. Beyond this, where are all the blind teachers? Are there as many visually impaired attorneys today as there seemed to be twenty years ago? What about blind chiropractors? All of these careers still exist. So where are the blind and visually impaired people to assume those jobs? The next question to be asked and answered is: Can we compete given current and future trends? Yes, if we're truly willing to make the effort. There are things we as individuals and as an organization must do to give us a fighting chance to be as competitive as our sighted peers. First, what blind and low vision job seekers need to consider. Next time, I'll outline what ACB as an organization is and should be doing. A growing number of today's blind and visually impaired students graduate high school without having learned Braille. We can attribute this sad fact to the misguided notion among a majority of so-called education professionals that accessible technology such as iPads and iPhones make Braille an archaic and unnecessary communications tool. As an aside. Apple's January announcement that it will be marketing an app for textbooks will only further promote this harmful notion. Parents of blind and visually impaired children must insist, no, demand that Braille instruction be an integral part of the child's IEP, Individualized Education Plan. And for those of you who are actively looking for work and don't know Braille, please learn it. I cannot imagine working for nearly 34 years in local government without the ability to take Braille, not taped or computerized notes. Having said that, while I can't conceive of anyone under 40 not being at least somewhat computer savvy, it is essential to be comfortable with technology, all types of technology. Even if you work in a warehouse filling orders, you'll probably be using a computerized inventory tracking system. Beyond the aforementioned skills, there is the matter of attitude. An entire column could easily be devoted to one's attitude and outlook during the job search, but I want to focus on one aspect in particular. Although we're seeing a growing trend toward distributed workforces, virtual offices, and working from home, with all the office towers and industrial parks dotting almost every mid-sized and major U.S. city, serious current and future job seekers had better be prepared to relocate to where these employment magnets are located. Don't want to move away from your childhood hometown. Your comfort zone, whether you like it or not, you'll likely remain unemployed. The watchword here is flexibility. There are surely many other things I fail to mention in so far as what we can do as individuals to be more competitive, but you get the idea. Until April, take care. Randolph Shepard program receives much-needed boost from the White House, by Melanie Brunson. Last August, the Randolph Shepard Vendors of America urged President Obama to issue an executive order urging federal agencies to comply with the Randolph Shepard priority. We are very pleased to report that the White House has responded to that request. The following presidential memorandum was issued on January twentieth, two thousand twelve. The White House, Office of the Press Secretary, January twentieth, two thousand twelve. Memorandum for the Heads of Executive Departments and Agencies. Subject: Federal Support for the Randolph Shepard Vending Facility Program. Thousands of Americans who are blind have embraced the entrepreneurial spirit that helps define our nation as a land of opportunity. Through the Federal Randolph Shepard Vending Facility Program administered by the Department of Education, 
talented and creative individuals who are blind have acquired the management training and business skills necessary to realize the American dream. A lifetime of economic opportunity, independence, and self-sufficiency for themselves and their families. For 75 years, blind business managers have successfully operated food services and commercial ventures at federal, state, and private buildings and locations worldwide. We honor and celebrate this program's historic achievements. We also trust that the Randolph Shepard program will continue to be a leading model for providing high-quality entrepreneurial opportunities for blind individuals. From a simple snack shop, to tourist services at the Hoover Dam, to full food services operations at military installations, blind entrepreneurs have provided exceptional customer service to federal and state employees, the armed forces, and the general public. With proven ability, they have challenged preconceived notions about disability. The Randolph Shepard Act, 20 U.S. Code 107 and following, created the Vending Facility Program, requiring qualified blind individuals be given a priority to operate vending facilities on federal properties. This program is responsible today for providing entrepreneurial opportunities for over 2,500 individuals who are blind. In turn, these business managers have hired thousands of workers, many of whom are individuals with disabilities. Every American, including persons with disabilities, deserves the opportunity to succeed without limits, earn equal pay for equal jobs, and aspire to full-time, career-oriented employment. Continued support and cooperation are needed from executive departments, agencies, and offices agencies, to extend the Randolph Shepard priority to qualified blind managers through the state licensing agencies that implement the program. Therefore, I direct all agencies that have property management responsibilities to ensure that agency officials, when pursuing the establishment and operation of vending facilities, including cafeterias and military dining facilities, as defined in 20 U.S. Code 107E, issue permits and contracts in compliance with the Randolph Shepard program and consistent with existing regulations and law. I further direct the Secretary of Education, through the Commissioner of the Rehabilitation Services Administration, to submit a report to the President on agency's implementation of the Randolph Shepard program not later than one year from the date of this memorandum. ACB Conference 2012 What's in it for you? By Janet Dickelman Author's Note Some of this article is taken from articles Carla Rushevel has written in the past. She did such an excellent job of explaining the educational benefits and exhibits, sponsorship and advertising, I didn't feel it was necessary to improve on her hard work. End of note. Are you thinking of attending the 2012 ACB Conference and Convention in Louisville this July, but just not sure if it will meet your needs? Here are some things to consider. Educational Opportunity Share the following information with your employer and discuss the possibility that part of your time could be considered as professional development. Our exhibit hall opens at 11 o'clock Saturday morning, July 7th, and remains open daily through Thursday, July 12th, at 1 p.m. There will be approximately 85 exhibit tables, many of which will showcase the latest technology for blind and visually impaired people. You can gather materials and see all the latest innovations network with providers, and learn about items that could meet your agency or client needs. Learn new skills at one of the many workshops and seminars at the convention. Seminars on diabetes, employment issues, rehabilitation, 
transportation, and access to off-the-shelf technology are some examples. ACB General Sessions, Sunday evening, Monday through Thursday, 8.30 a.m. to noon, and all day Friday, address education, rehabilitation, employment, access, health-related issues, and much more. The presentation by a talking book narrator and update on library services are always popular. ACB committees, special interest affiliates, and others sponsor an endless variety of breakout sessions and small group discussions. Look for informative programming for teachers, government employees, blind vendors and entrepreneurs, attorneys, human service professionals, and information technology specialists. Students can explore careers and meet people working in their areas of interest. Parents of children with visual impairments can gather tips on how to advocate for their children and learn what to expect in the years ahead. Special programming targets issues related to low vision, guide dogs, deaf-blind concerns, braille, etc. It is often said that networking with others with similar interests is as important as education and training and that it greatly enhances the job-seeking process and long-term success in any career path. Whether you are a teacher or student, rehabilitation counselor or administrator, parent or caregiver, employer or job-seeker, you will be able to network with others in your field. Exhibits, Advertising, and Sponsorships The 2012 ACB Conference and Convention gives businesses and agencies a chance to let people from all over the country and around the world know about their products and services. Booth space, advertising, and sponsorships are now available. Discounts are available for exhibitors who register early and who purchase advertising. Backed by popular demand, reserve at least one premium booth in the exhibit hall and grab our registration bag special. We'll stuff one brochure or other item of your choice free in our registration bags, a $250 value. This is your chance to reach every attendee and drive traffic to your booth. Color Pages Make your products and services stand out from the rest. Full-page program ads and covers are once again available in color. For information regarding advertising and sponsorships, contact Marjorie Beeman, OLEO50, at hotmail.com. Exhibit special for blind entrepreneurs. Are you a blind small business owner? Do you have products such as CDs, books, crafts, or computer games to sell? Are you a representative for a company that sells jewelry, toys, home decor, etc.? Would your products be a popular addition to the ACB exhibit area? If you have always wanted to give the exhibit area a try, but haven't been sure that the hours and cost were right for you, now is your chance. Discounts on tabletop booths are available to blind small business owners during their first, second, and third years of participation in the exhibit hall. ACB Marketplace New this year at the convention. If you are an affiliate or special interest group with items to sell such as t-shirts, raffle tickets, etc., consider ACB's newest edition. Marketplace is also open to individuals who have items they would like to sell. Are you an entertainer who would like to sell your CDs? Do you have handmade craft items? Do you sell cosmetics, memorabilia, or jewelry? Would you like a place to give out information? If so, consider reserving a table at Marketplace. Sorry, no food items may be sold. Display tables will be set up near the entrance to the general session hall and will be assigned on a first-come, first-served basis. This is one of the highest traffic areas in the convention center. 
To allow the greatest number of groups to participate, these tables are sold only on a per day rate of $25. If you would like to have a table for more than one day at Marketplace, you will be placed on a waiting list so that groups who have not had an opportunity to participate will first get a chance. Marketplace schedule is as follows Sunday, July 8th, 5 30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday, July 9th through Friday, July 13th. 7 30 a.m. to 8 30 a.m. For more information regarding exhibits and marketplace, contact Michael Smitherman at 601 331 or email amduo at bellsouth.net. Attention blind entrepreneurs. In addition to marketplace, don't forget the Ivy Expo. For details regarding Ivy, Contact Carla Hayes at 724 941 Convention details. Special interest groups, ACB committees, and others wishing to sponsor programs or activities at the conference should submit all information for the pre registration form by April 15th. Program details need to be submitted by May 1st. Make all arrangements related to conference events, reserving meeting and event space, Ordering food or AV equipment, etc., with Janet Dickelman. Phone 651 428 5059. Email janet dot dickelman at gmail dot com. The 2012 ACB Conference and Convention begins with pre registration pickup on Thursday, July 5th. Our first tours will be on Friday, July 6th. General sessions begin on Sunday, July 8th, and culminate on Friday, July 13th, which is also the day of our banquet. Final tours will be on Saturday, July 14th. Exhibits open at 1 p.m. on Saturday, July 7th, and run through 1 p.m. on Thursday, July 12th. Tours Unfortunately, there is no NASCAR race while we are in Louisville. I apologize to all of you racing fans. Tour information should be available in the next issue of the Braille Forum. It will also be posted on the ACB convention list. If you have not yet subscribed to this list, send an email to acbconvention subscribe at acb.org. The tours we have scheduled are listed below. Other tours will be offered, but they are still being worked on. Friday, July 6, 2012. 1. Churchill Downs Breakfast and Tour. 2. Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Visit Woodford Reserve and Buffalo Trace. Enjoy samplings from both venues and enjoy the hard hat behind the scenes tour at Buffalo Trace. Lunch is included with this tour. 3. Waverly Hills Ghost Tour. Visit the former sanatorium and see who still might be lurking around. Saturday. July 7th, 2012. 1. Kentucky Horse Park and Ride for Hope. 2. My Old Kentucky Lunch Train. 3. City Bus Tour. Saturday, July 14th, 2012. 1. Amish Country Tour with Lunch. Hotel and Shuttle Information. Reservations for the Galt House in Louisville can be made via phone or online. To make your reservations via phone, call 1 800 843 4258.
make sure to mention you are with the ACB Convention. To make your reservations online, go to https colon slash slash r-e-s-w-e-b dot p-a-s-s-k-e-y dot com slash g-o slash a-c-b-10712. Room rates are $85 for a standard room in the West Tower and $105 for a suite in the East Tower. Rooms in the East Tower are equipped with a refrigerator. When you make your reservations, your credit card will be charged for one night's stay. Sand Dollar Shuttle has agreed to provide ACB with a round-trip fare of $20 from the airport to the hotel. Reservations can be made up to six months in advance at their website, www.sandollarlimo.com. You may also call them at 502-561-4022. It is only necessary to make your inbound flight reservation. Sandollar has assured me that they have vehicles that can transport individuals with wheelchairs, including lift-equipped buses. When making a reservation, indicate that you are with ACB. If you use a wheelchair, indicate that on the reservation and let me know directly. If you have any questions, contact me via email or phone. J-A-N-E-T dot D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at gmail dot com or 651-428-5059. You can also receive updated convention information by subscribing to the ACB Convention email list. Come Race to Lead in ACB by Ray Campbell Get ready, get set, and we're off to the race to lead in ACB, our first-ever National Leadership Training Institute. This full-day event will be held on Friday, July 6th, just prior to the conference and convention at the Galt House Hotel in Louisville, Kentucky. There will be no horsing around during this race. You'll have an opportunity to learn valuable leadership skills, which will help you as you work in your local chapters, state, or special interest affiliates, and at the national level. Ever wondered how constitution and bylaws, resolutions, and motions work together to govern an organization? You'll find out during this event. Have you ever asked just what is all that parliamentary procedure stuff all about anyway, and why is it important? You'll learn from the best. Having trouble helping your members to understand how important those boring things like fundraising are to our organization will help you. End of Side 1 Side 2 The Braille Forum Volume 50 March 2012 Number 7 This side contains Be a Leader Be a DKM First Timer By Alan J. Casey Board of Publications awards your excellence in 2012. Using fundraisers to promote your affiliate. By Ronald E. Milliman. Update on sleep study. Young described film critic contest. Affiliate news. Continuing with Come Race to Lead in ACB. By Ray Campbell. The winners of this race to lead are all of you, ACB and its affiliates and local chapters. This full-day event will give you a chance not only to hear from quality presenters, but also to discuss with each other leadership challenges and ideas to resolve them. Do I have to place a bet to be in this race? No, but you will need to pay $50 on the conference and convention registration form to participate. 
This cost includes refreshments, lunch, and all training materials, including a valuable package of information you can take home to use and share with other budding leaders and members. Not a bad investment for a full day of fun, interactive learning. So, if you want to head down the track toward becoming a strong leader, come join our race to lead in ACB on Friday, July sixth. You'll be glad you did. Be a leader. Be a DKM first timer. By Alan J. Casey. You've never attended the ACB National Conference and Convention. You want a unique learning experience. You seek to be involved. You aspire to be a leader. If all of these characteristics describe you, then you should apply to become a DKM first timer. The DKM roster over the years is filled with the names of leaders at the national and state levels: Bob Hache of Massachusetts, Tony Farida of North Carolina, Carol Edwards and Kenneth Semyon Sr. of Texas, Michael Golfo of New York, Mandy Holly of South Carolina, Darren Cheney of Idaho, and about two dozen more. Ask one of these leaders about the value of the first-timer program to their ACB careers. Ask them about the leadership opportunities they have encountered. Imagine yourself with the same opportunities. If you want to join the DKM ranks, you first must meet the basic qualifications: one, ACB member in good standing; two, eighteen years of age or older; three, blind or visually impaired; four. Never attended the ACB National Conference and Convention. Additionally, each applicant is required to submit two letters: the first stating the applicant's interest in being a DKM first timer and describing the benefits of the award to the applicant and to his or her affiliate and community, and the second, a letter of sponsorship from the president of the applicant's state or special interest affiliate. Letters must be received in the ACB National Office no later than April first and directed to the attention of Dion Matthews, D M A T T H E W S at acb dot org. DKM first timers will attend the 2012 conference and convention in Louisville as guests of ACB and the DKM committee. Reasonable travel, lodging, and conference costs will be paid for each first timer, as well as a per diem meal stipend. Recipients are expected to be active participants in conference activities. Talk with your affiliate president and take the first step toward national recognition as a leader in ACB. Board of Publications awards your excellence in 2012. The ACB Board of Publications proudly recognizes excellence each year with three awards. The Ned E. Freeman Writing Award applies to articles published in either the Braille Forum or an affiliate publication and is awarded to the author of the chosen piece of work. Mastery of the craft of writing is a major consideration by the BOP. Interesting subject matter, originality in recounting an experience, and novelty of approach are also considered. All articles published in the Braille Forum between April 2011 and March 2012 are automatically eligible for the Freeman Award. Articles published in state or special interest affiliate publications within this time frame are also eligible if submitted by either the president or newsletter editor from that affiliate. If submitting such an article for consideration, please include a cover letter noting the affiliate, publication name, date of publication, and a brief notation about the article. The article may be submitted in any format.
The Vernon Henley Media Award is presented to an organization, company, or person, either sighted or blind, who has made a positive difference in the press, whether in radio, TV, magazines, newspapers, or electronic media, that may change public attitudes to recognize the capabilities of people who are blind, rather than focusing on outdated stereotypes and misconceptions. Programs and or articles written and produced specifically for a visually impaired audience, as well as those intended for the general public, are eligible. Multiple articles or programs submitted by one author or organization will be judged as separate entries. Submissions such as books or recurring columns or blogs from the same person must include a letter of nomination, a synopsis, and no more than three sample chapters, columns, blogs. Incomplete submissions will not be accepted. The Hollis K. Liggett Braille Free Press Award is intended to promote best journalistic practices and excellence in writing in publications of ACB state and special interest affiliates. All periodicals of ACB affiliates, distributed no less than semi-annually, are eligible to be considered. Periodicals must be submitted by the affiliate's newsletter editor or president, and must include the following. 1. Two issues of the affiliate's publication from the calendar year 2011, sent electronically and in hard copy in the format which the affiliate recognizes as the format which best represents its readership. 2. Answers to the following questions. A. How many members are in your affiliate? B. How often is your publication published per year? C. In what formats is your publication produced? The BOP will take the submitted information into consideration as well as the following. 1. The number of contributing writers in a single issue. 2. The variety of information in each issue. 3. How well the publication portrays the affiliate. 4. The quality of writing throughout the publication. And 5. The overall layout and presentation of the publication. Recipients of these awards for the last five years are ineligible to enter the contests. Members of the ACB National Office staff, the Board of Directors, and Board of Publications serving during the awarding period are also not eligible. Submissions for all awards must be received by Sharon Levering at the ACB National Office on or before April 15, 2012. Presentations will be made at the 2012 National Convention. For more information about judging criteria, please consult the Board of Publications Policy Manual, found on the ACB website. Send all submissions with cover letter to BOP Awards, American Council of the Blind, 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201, or email slovering at acb.org. Using Fundraisers to Promote Your Affiliate by Ronald E. Milliman The following is taken from one of the open conference calls of ACB's Public Relations Committee. The call was organized around a series of events that could be used as fundraisers and to help promote your affiliate. The first event discussed was Dining in the Dark. While nobody on the call had ever worked directly with the event, several people had some knowledge about such events. One of the most challenging aspects of holding this type of activity is finding the right venue, a place with adequate facilities that could be made as close to totally dark as possible. It is important to have blind people seated at each table to help educate the sighted diners. 
This is an event that is easily promoted because the media loves these kinds of activities. Ron Milliman pointed out that it is crucial to get out media releases and invite local TV stations, newspapers, and radio stations to take part and maximize coverage of the event. There are several sources of information about such events available online. A Dining in the Dark guide created by Florida Institute of Rehabilitation Education for people who are visually impaired is available at www.firesight.org/did.htm. One of our participants, Andrea Demicio, reported that she worked with another organization to plan and carry out an event involving several restaurants. Her fundraiser started small. But over a few years, it evolved to include over 20 restaurants. A portion of the proceeds from each restaurant were given to the organization. The organization helped to promote the event. Next, the group discussed hot dog and drink sales. Ed Facemeyer said that some chapters in Pennsylvania have held this type of event. They sold hot dogs and drinks in the parking lot of a store, which agreed to allow them to be there. Sometimes the stores will even donate the hot dogs, buns, drinks, and other items needed. Brenda Dillon reported that a chapter of the Tennessee affiliate had held a similar activity in the Gatlinburg Smoky Mountain area with outstanding results, raising several thousands of dollars. Milliman said that when the SCKCB did something similar, they set it up in front of Walmart, and Walmart matched their net proceeds dollar for dollar. The issue of potential problems with the health department came up, and no problems were reported to anyone's knowledge. The importance of having your organization's literature available at all events to pass out was strongly emphasized. You should always have at least a sheet that summarizes what your organization does for blind people and the community to let people know how the money that is being raised will be used. All information given out should also have your organization's full contact information on it. Ron Milliman said that the South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind has a large three-foot by six-foot bright blue banner with yellow letters with their organization's name and contact information on it to put up at such events. In addition to giving out literature about their organization, they also give out pens and refrigerator magnets that have the organization's contact information on them for people to take home. Mike Duke reported on the Applebee's pancake breakfast. He stated that Applebee's provides the food and does the cooking. Your organization sells the tickets, waits the tables, etc. In this case, the ticket sales are clear profit for your organization. Mike also mentioned that some facilities require a paid-up liability insurance policy. Some require this policy to be specific to your event, while others will accept proof of an annual insurance policy that covers your organization at any official function. Milliman talked about holding a chocolate fest. Everyone loves chocolate, making this a favorite fundraiser and public interest event. It may be conducted in conjunction with a local business that produces and/or sells all types of chocolate, or as a friendly competitive event where local restaurants challenge each other to see which restaurant can produce the most scrumptious chocolate concoction. Your organization charges an entry fee to each competing restaurant or competing participant. Then promotes the event and sells tickets to the public, with the proceeds going to your organization. Another promotable fundraiser is dinner and an audio-described movie. Members sell tickets to cover the cost of dinner in a cooperating restaurant, and after dinner, the diners attend an audio-described movie. Alternatively, you can just sell tickets to the audio-described movie. Ron Milliman reported on success using the movie Ray. 
After the movie, a discussion of the movie and audience reactions may be conducted between members of the organization and the audience. Another event that was discussed was a chili dinner or chili cook-off. These events can usually be held in a church or club facility, like the Knights of Columbus Hall, that already have most everything needed, e.g., the kitchen, tables and chairs, etc. The chili cook-off is often split into two classifications: an amateur competition and a professional competition. Amateur chili makers compete for who can make the best chili concoction in the amateur division, and local restaurants and professional chefs are invited to compete against each other for top recognition in the professional division. Tickets are sold to the event. Plus, there is an entry fee for the chili-making competitors. The invited public votes on the best chili in each division. This is lots of fun and an excellent fundraiser, and gets lots of public attention and publicity for your organization. Dylan reported their organization's participation in two chili cook-offs as a partner with another organization as part of a larger chili event for the Community Shares Group. She emphasized the value of being a member of Community Shares. Milliman said that people can Google Community Shares and find their state's Community Shares affiliate, or visit Community Shares USA at www.communitysharesusa.org. Dylan also mentioned another activity that has proven to be quite successful is a poker run. It can be held, for example, in conjunction with a motorcycle club. It will usually raise a lot of money and will create considerable interaction between your affiliate and the various clubs and businesses that participate in the event. Concerts are another way of raising money for your organization and getting lots of public attention. Concerts can feature local professional musicians or a group of your own musically talented members. Usually, such concerts can be held in a local church, on a university campus, or other local facility designed for such events. The SCKCB has held several such concerts featuring the internationally renowned pianist Sylvia Kersenbaum with tremendous success. Facemeyer brought up the idea of gift wrapping as a fundraiser and an excellent public education activity. Many stores will let your organization offer gift wrapping to the store's customers, especially during the Christmas season. The store provides all the gift wrapping materials, and your organization provides the service for a fee or donation. It is a win-win for all involved. One store that was mentioned that is especially easy to work with is Barnes and Noble. Other events discussed include Christmas tree sales, Blindness Awareness Month events, and mobility events. The call concluded with Ron describing the cutest baby contest. You get people to enter their baby into the cutest baby contest, charging them an entry fee. Baby pictures can be posted online with people invited to vote for the cutest baby. Or it can be held on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in a local facility. The public is invited to vote for the cutest baby. This event usually stimulates considerable word-of-mouth publicity. It can be lots of fun and very profitable too. Often you can boost your revenue by holding auctions in conjunction with the event, obtaining auction items as donations from local businesses. Where permitted, you can also offer an item for a drawing. But be careful not to refer to that drawing as a raffle to avoid issues over the gambling laws in your state. No matter what the event or activity is, be sure to have literature that tells about your organization and that will show people how you will use the money raised by the event. Get out media releases publicizing the activity. Invite and involve the local media as much as possible. You always want to include the general public, 
to help establish the name and purpose of your organization in the minds of the people who take part and attend these kinds of events. It is also very important to have a system for gathering the names and contact information, e.g., mailing address, phone numbers, email addresses, etc., of all participants or all of those who will give you that information. In this manner, you can send out thank you notes for their participation, send out copies of your newsletters, develop a database that you can use for inviting them back to other activities you are holding, use for fun drives. You can use Google to find details on the ideas discussed during our conference call. Also, the PR committee has written several handbooks to help you promote such events. The handbooks are PSA Handbook for ACB Affiliates and Chapters, the Press Release Handbook for ACB Affiliates and Chapters, and the Guerrilla Marketing Handbook for ACB Affiliates and Chapters. These handbooks are also available at www.acb.org. Finally, We have an ACB fundraiser email list you can subscribe to. Visit the ACB website, click on Email Lists, then select the ACB fundraising list and subscribe by typing in your email address and name in the boxes where it requests them. Update on Sleep Study Editor's Note We just received the press release below and thought it would be of interest to you. Further updates are expected later this year. End of note. Rockville, Maryland, January 26, 2012. Vanda Pharmaceuticals announced today that Tazameltion was shown for the first time to reset the body clock and to align it to a constant 24-hour day in patients suffering from non-24-hour sleep-wake disorder. Non-24-hour disorder. Tazameltion is a circadian regulator in development for the treatment of non-24-hour disorder in totally blind individuals with no light perception. This observation was made in four patients during the initial run-in segment of the RESET study. RESET is a phase 3 study of the maintenance effect of tazameltion in the treatment of non-24-hour disorder. Vanda intends to enroll a total of 20 tazameltion responders in this study. We are extremely excited by this finding, as it provides us with evidence that tazameltion is able to reset the body clock in patients with non-24-hour disorder, said Mihail H. Polymeropoulos, M.D., President and CEO of Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Circadian regulation is necessary for the treatment of non-24-hour disorder, and it is predictive of a beneficial effect on both nighttime sleep and daytime naps. While light resets the body clock in sighted individuals, keeping it synchronized with the 24-hour day, this effect is lost in totally blind individuals with no light perception. Vanda is currently studying the efficacy of tazameltion in non-24-hour disorder in two Phase three studies, SET and RESET, which are ongoing and expected to be completed by the end of 2012. About the RESET study RESET is a randomized withdrawal study designed to demonstrate the maintenance effect of 20 mg tazameltion in the treatment of non-24-hour disorder. 20 totally blind individuals with no light perception and diagnosed as having a body clock period of greater than 24 hours will be treated with tazameltion for three months during a run-in phase. Patients who respond to tazameltion treatment during the run-in phase, as measured by the resetting and alignment of their body clock to the 24-hour day, will then be randomized either to receive placebo or to continue receiving tazameltion for two months. During the post-randomization phase, Patients will be re-evaluated. 
For more information, please visit http colon slash slash www.clinicaltrials.gov slash About Non-24-Hour Disorder Non-24-hour disorder is a chronic circadian rhythm sleep disorder that affects more than 50% of the totally blind individuals in the U.S., or 65,000 to 95,000 people. Non-24-hour disorder occurs almost entirely in individuals who are totally blind and lack the light sensitivity necessary to reset the circadian clock. Without light perception, the brain's circadian rhythms, which guide many of the body's functions, including sleep, are not reset to a regular 24-hour cycle. Individuals with non-24-hour disorder are unable to synchronize their internal clock to the 24-hour day-night cycle, which disrupts their sleep-wake cycle. For more information, please visit http colon slash slash two four s l e e p w a k e dot com slash Young Described Film Critic Contest Kids love movies. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, audio description provides access to all the visual images of the movies that your sighted peers enjoy. Some films in movie theaters and certain DVDs have description available. Many of those DVDs and the older VHS tapes with description can be borrowed at public libraries or state libraries for the blind. The Young Described Film Critic Contest wants you to experience these films and the description soundtracks and tell us about them. Young people with a visual impairment have a chance to win prizes for themselves and recognition for their schools. And the chance to hold the awesome title... Young Described Film Critic of the Year. All you need to do for a chance to win is to write, type, or record your own film review of any described movie. Keep it short, 250 words maximum. There are three age categories. Sophomore, ages 7 to 10. Junior, ages 11 to 14. And Senior, ages 15 to 18. You can enter as many times as you like. The top nominees in each age category will be invited to an award ceremony at the American Council of the Blind 2012 Convention in Louisville, Kentucky, during the week of July 8th. Special guest award presenters will be in attendance, and while the prizes are still to be determined, we know you won't be disappointed. Deadline for entries, June 8th, 2012. How to enter. You can enter online at www.lis. T-E-N-I-N-G I-S-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G dot org slash G-E-T hyphen I-N-V-O-L-V-E-D underscore E-V-E-N-T-S hyphen A-N-D hyphen C-O-N-T-E-S-T-S dot H-T-M-L or send your written entry in regular or large print or braille via email or postal mail. Submissions from outside the United States are fine. 2. ACB Young Described Film Critic, 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. Email jsnyder at acb.org or phone 202-467-467. 5083. You will need to include your name, address, telephone number, and email address. Your age category, sophomore, ages 7 to 10, 
Jr., ages 11 to 14, or Sr., ages 15 to 18. The name of your school and which class you're in, the school's address and phone number, and, of course, your review. For top tips for writing the Ultimate Film Review, visit www.listening.org slash get hyphen i-n-v-o-l-v-e-d underscore e-v-e-n-t-s hyphen a-n-d hyphen c-o-n-t-e-s-t-s dot h-t-m-l Affiliate News Friends in Art Scholarship Announcement High school seniors and college students are invited to apply for the Friends in Art Scholarship for the school year 2012-2013. to This $1,500 scholarship is offered annually for achievement, talent, and excellence in the arts. If you are planning to, or are currently majoring in the fields of music, art, drama, or creative writing, and are a blind student or legally blind student and live in North America or Hawaii, you may apply for this scholarship. You may obtain an application form by writing to Harvey Miller, 196 East French Broad Street, Brevard, North Carolina, 28712-3410. Include a self-addressed stamped envelope when requesting the application. You also may request an electronic application by sending an email to hhmiller at citcom.net. The completed application form and all supporting materials need to be in the hands of the Scholarship Committee by April 15, 2012. End of Side 2 Side 3 The Braille Forum Volume 50 March 2012 Number 7 This side contains Passings Here and There Edited by Sue Lichtenfels High-Tech Swap Shop Continuing with Affiliate News Florida Convention. The Florida Council of the Blind will hold its annual convention May 31st to June 3rd, 2012, at the Sheraton Suites Tampa Airport West Shore, 4400 West Cypress Street, Tampa, Florida, 33668. Phone 1-888-627-8261 or 813-357-6145. To register after April 15th, Visit our website at www.fcb.org or contact Sila Miller at 850-251-5556 or via email at silam at e-a-r-t-h-l-i-n-k dot net. Here are just a few of the things that you may wish to attend while at our convention. Visit the Hard Rock Cafe for live entertainment and more. Guide Dog Workshop Meeting Lunch Optional Annual Legislative and Employment Workshops First Timers Workshop Learn about FCB and how it works Awards Dinner followed by a Hospitality Room and Game Night Friday Evening Saturday Morning is our General Session followed by more workshops. There will be seminars on technology, fitness, safety, and employment. On Saturday Evening, we will hold our Annual Banquet followed by more entertainment and a prize drawing. Sunday will feature our annual board meeting and elections. 
Won't you come join us for a fun-filled weekend of non-stop entertainment here in sunny Florida? Passings We honor here members, friends, and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways. If you would like to submit a notice for this column, please include as much of the following information as possible. Name First, last, maiden if appropriate. City of residence, upon passing. State province of residence, upon passing. Other cities, states, countries of residence. Places where other blind people may have known this person. Occupation. Date of death. Day if known. Month. Year. Age. ACB affiliation. Local, state, special interest affiliates or national committees. Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Frank Casey. Reprinted from the Albany Times Union, January 20, 2012. Francis R. Frank Casey, 62, died January 18, 2012, at Samaritan Hospital. Born in Albany, New York, he was son of the late Thomas and Agnes Thornton Casey. He was a graduate of the New York Institute for the Education of the Blind in the Bronx, New York. He worked for the Albany County Sheriff's Department for 32 years, retiring as a 911 supervisor in 2001. He was president of the Capital District Chapter of the American Council of the Blind of New York. He enjoyed amateur radio, W2JIO, was an avid fan of the New York Mets, and was a weather buff. Husband of 25 years of Kathy Wilkins Casey of Albany. Brother of Thomas Sonny Dorothy Casey of Bohemia, New York. Mary Charles Fulham of New Jersey, and the late Patricia Burns. Uncle of Nicole Hornsby, James and Timothy Burns. Also survived by several grandnieces, grandnephews, and cousins. Funeral services were held January 21st at the Daniel Keenan Funeral Home. A mass of Christian burial followed at St. Francis of Assisi Parish. Interment was in St. Agnes Cemetery, Menons. In lieu of flowers, the family requests that memorial contributions be sent to the American Council of the Blind of New York, Incorporated, 104 Tilrose Avenue, Malvern, New York, 11565. Hazel White Daigle Reprinted from The Baton Rouge Advocate, January 4, 2012. Hazel White Daigle, a retired teacher in the Orleans Parish School System, a native of Hammond, a resident of Gonzales, and a former resident of New Orleans, passed away in Gonzales on December 31, 2011. Visitation was held at Gonzales First Baptist Church January 5th, prior to the religious service at 11.30 a.m., conducted by the Reverend Brent Hill. She was buried at Hope Haven Garden of Memory in Gonzales. She is survived by her husband, Vernon Daigle, Gonzales, sisters Amy Joy White, Ard, and husband Jim, of Tickfaw, and Ida White Stevens and husband Clinton, of Hammond. Sister-in-law, Rose Adele, of Gonzales, nephew, Douglas White, of Ohio, and other nieces and nephews. She was preceded in death by a son, Brian Curtis Webb, parents, David and Lena White, two sisters, and three brothers. She was the first blind student to graduate from Southeastern Louisiana College in Hammond, graduating third in her class. In addition, she was certified in elementary and special education. She was a volunteer at the Louisiana State Library, Section for the Blind, for 20 years. She was also a member of the First Baptist Church in Gonzales, 
Ladies Auxiliary of the Knights of Columbus, American Council of the Blind, Louisiana Retired Teachers Association, and the Ascension Community Singers. In lieu of flowers, donations may be made to Louisiana Baptist Children's Home, P.O. Box 4196, Monroe, Louisiana, 71211. Here and There Edited by Sue Lichtenfels The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to info at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Braille Chess Are you blind or visually impaired? Would you like to learn how to play chess? Visit www.americanblindchess.org or subscribe to our list group by sending a message to us underscore bca hyphen subscribe at yahoogroups dot com. We are a very cordial group of blind or visually impaired chess enthusiasts who enjoy playing tournaments or just friendly games with those of their own strength and knowledge of this wonderful sport of chess, using email messages or computer voice communication programs, or even over the telephone. To join, or for more information about how to enroll in a beginning chess course through the Hadley School for the Blind and receive your free accessible chess set, contact Alan Dicey, President of the U.S. Braille Chess Association, via email. A D I C E Y at B E L L S O U T H dot net. Learning Ally Subscriptions Due to federal funding cuts, Learning Ally, RFB and D, now charges a $99 annual membership fee to individuals wanting to borrow from its extensive collection of audio textbooks and literature. However, the service will provide free annual membership to individuals who can demonstrate severe financial hardship. For more information, visit www.learningallly.org slash f-e-e-w-a-i-v-e-r. Children's Book Tackles Bullying Just Like You is a new children's book about acceptance and inclusion that was written by Robert Krupa, a Chicago entrepreneur, inventor, and civic activist. In this story, children learn about Henry, a deaf field mouse, and his best friend Boris, a spider with a bad leg. They live in the piney forest with the other animals who tease them because they don't act, walk, or talk like the others. After repeated attempts to fit in, a discouraged Boris and Henry are forced to stay by themselves. When fire threatens their forest homes, Boris and Henry rally to help their fellow critters and teach readers about character and honor. The book is available through the Just Like You Foundation at www. J-U-S-T-L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N.org Book about visually impaired musher Hope Marston is the author of a middle reader book which has received favorable responses from people in the visually impaired community. Eye on the Iditarod, Aisling's Quest, tells the story of Aisling Shepherd who was born legally blind and competes in sled dog races with the hope of one day mushing in the Iditarod. 
Aisling is now 14 and is mushing in the adult pro division. More details about the book are available at www.hopeirvinmarston.com. Accessible Books Needed The African Library Project seeks donations of Braille books for a Swaziland primary school serving children who are blind. English books within reading levels preschool through eighth grade are needed. Contact deborah at africanlibrarypro.ject.org for the shipping address. Guild Hires New COO The Jewish Guild for the Blind has brought on Philip P. Rosenthal, MBA, as its new chief operating officer. Rosenthal has more than 30 years of administrative experience in the healthcare field. He has previously worked to develop nationally recognized programs in the areas of sports medicine, ophthalmology, cardiovascular care, and orthopedics. Ultra Cane Redesigned The Ultra Cane is an enhanced version of a white cane which emits ultrasonic waves from its handle. When the waves pick up an obstacle at the user's shoulder or head height, this is conveyed through two vibrating buttons on the cane's handle. Based on the direction and frequency of the vibration, the user can identify his, her proximity to the obstacle and navigate around it. The newest version of the Ultra Cane features 50 enhancements over the original model. The company is looking for sales distribution opportunities in the U.S. and is offering a free training program on the cane's use for professionals serving people who are blind. More about this device and training opportunities can be found at www.ultracane.com. Brailing Signs Song The Hadley School for the Blind has recently released a fun song about Braille. Brailing Signs is Cool to Do was written by Hadley instructor Lynn Sorge and former ambassador to the school, Becky Williams. Musicians Ann Hills, David Roth, and Chip Kramer recorded the song. To hear it, visit www.hadley.edu slash b-r-a-i-l-l-e-s-o-n-g. If you would like to receive an MP3 of the song or a one-track CD of it, send email to sorge at hadley.edu with Braille signs in the subject line. Braille Awards and Signs Rick Hume is a blind entrepreneur who owns an awards recognition company in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The R.L. Hume Awards Company sells promotional items, engravable gifts for all occasions, trophies, and award plaques. The store can customize award plaques and ADA building signs with Braille. The selection of Brailleable items can be reviewed at www.award-one.com slash awards slash plaques slash brailleplqs dot shtml. For more information, call the store at 269-344-2307. Free Games Rich Desteno offers two free computer games for people who are visually impaired. Atlantic City Blackjack is a blackjack game. Destination Mars is a challenging space travel game. Send your request for either or both games by email to ironrock at verizon.net. New Accessible Apps 
Apps for Android has recently released four accessible applications for the Android market. They include Ideal Audio Described Movie Viewer, Ideal Web Math, Ideal Accessible YouTube Viewer, and Ideal Self Voicing Newsreader. The newsreader simplifies access to select news websites and reads articles from these sites using text to speech. Currently, the movie viewer enables its users to enjoy audio description on 50 movies that are in the public domain, with additional movies to follow. Ideal Web Math was designed to make it easier for students with print disabilities to access and use Discovery Education's Web Math, a site that helps students learn how to solve math problems ranging from simple addition to trigonometry and calculus. The Ideal Accessible YouTube Viewer simplifies the process for locating and viewing popular videos through the use of special interest channels. Additional information is available at www.apps4android.org. Tactile iPhone Guide National Braille Press now offers the iPhone Tactile Screenshot Quick Reference Guide, which is designed to introduce visually impaired iPhone users to the various screen layouts and functions of some of the most basic apps. Tactile diagrams of the screens show the layout of the status bar, home screen apps, Keypad, Contacts, Calendar, App Store, iBooks, and iTunes. The guide also introduces users to the Siri function and many of the gestures used to manipulate the various apps. The guide has Braille, large print, and tactile diagrams all in one booklet for $27. This publication is designed to be a supplement to more in depth iPhone manuals, such as Getting Started with the iPhone and 26 Useful Apps for Blind iPhone Users. All three books are available through NBP on its website at www.nbp.org or by phone at 1-888-965-8965. New Assistive Technology Resource About.com has recently established an assistive technology website to inform and assist people with disabilities. Current hot topics of the site include iPad and iPhone accessibility, the Zoom Twix magnifier, And nuanced dragon dictation programs. The site's coordinator, Andrew Liebes, seeks input from individuals who are visually impaired. Success stories, comments, and questions are encouraged. Send email to assistivetechnology dot guide at about dot com. Readers can also sign up for a weekly assistive technology newsletter. The new site is http colon slash slash a s s i s t i v e t e c h n o l o g y dot about dot com. Sudoku Touch Perkins Products offers Sudoku Touch, the braille and print edition of the popular number game. The game pack includes a wooden game board with tile storage drawer, 40 print and braille puzzles in levels from easy to advanced. Classic grid to hold tiles in place, large and small tiles with large print and braille, and print and braille solutions book. For more information, visit http://suppork.perkins.org/s-u-p-p-o-r-t.dot.p-e-r-k-i-n-s.dot.org/s-i-t-e/r/question-mark-i-equal-sign-eight-q-d-y-g-p-x-f 881U2PNV4 underscore UDG. 
adaptive toys. Playability Toys offers fun solutions for children with all types of disabilities, including visual impairment. The sensory toys include tactile coloring books, a texture puzzle, and the ribbit ball. This ball is designed to provide tactile and auditory feedback. The rib design keeps the ball from rolling too far and aids in gripping it. For more information, visit www.playabilitytoys.com or call 520-547-0921 or toll-free 1-866-204-8863. Online Community for College Students The We Connect Now website is a virtual community designed to bring together college students with disabilities. The site gives students an opportunity to share their voices on a variety of issues. Thus far, universities and groups serving people with disabilities from all 50 states and nine countries have participated in the forum. The site is available at http we C-O-N-N-E-C-T-N-O-W dot W-O-R-D-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash. New Blind Ministry Travis Brown, who was blinded by a gunshot wound to the head while traveling to work one day, has started a ministry called Run Trav Run, which can be found and followed on Facebook. This past year he ran one full marathon and six half marathons without the assistance of a spotter. Travis has used his runs to raise money for his church in Surprise, Arizona, and to be an inspiration for others. He welcomes your support for future runs and seeks other worthwhile causes for which to run. Contact Travis at 602-541-1458 or thunderTrav at yahoo.com. Braille Magazines Needed Postman Chigamba seeks Braille magazines of all types. Please mail to Postman Chigamba, P-O-S-M-A-N-C-H-I-G-A-M-B-A, Box 48, Monkey Bay, Malawi, M-O-N-K-E-Y-B-A-Y-M-A-L-A-W-I, Central Africa. High-Tech Swap Shop For Sale Desktop computer with 500-gig hard drive, 4-gigs RAM, Windows XP Home Edition, JAWS, ZoomText, Office, and Nero. Asking $350. Brand new Toshiba laptop with 15.6-inch widescreen, 250-gig hard drive, 3-gigs RAM, Windows XP Professional Edition, JAWS, ZoomText, Office, and Nero. Asking $575. Contact Jose at 818-220-6256. For sale, Braille Note Apex QT18 with GPS. It has a QWERTY keyboard and an 18-cell Braille display. Includes AC adapter, carrying case, earphones, USB cable, Braille and large print user's guides, and Braille Note companion CD. Asking $1,000 or best offer. For an additional $200, I will also include the GPS, which includes a 737A plus 66-channel wireless receiver that snaps onto the strap of the carrying case, the power adapter, 32GB SDHC storage card, and a USB-to-mini USB cable. GPS can be purchased with BrailleNote or separately. Contact Stacy via email 
stacy dot c-e-r-v-e-n-k-a at gmail.com or by phone 708-359-3301. For sale, Power Braille 40 Refreshable Braille Display in Good Condition, asking $250 or best offer. Serious inquiries only. Call Steve at 704-531-6878 or 704-661-0905 or send email to l-a-r-m-o-n-t-g-o-m-e at b-e-l-l-s-o-u-t-h dot net. Wanted. I am seeking a donation of a note-taker with Braille keys as well as donation of a CCTV. Contact Marianne Sears at 318-957-0294 or via email m-a-r-y-a-n-n-s-e-a-r-s-1972 at gmail.com. Wanted. Donation of laptop computer in good condition, with speech already installed, and talking calculator in good condition. Lost everything in a house fire just before Christmas. Contact Tanya Smith at 734-430-2537 or via email tonya.smith01 at gmail.com. Wanted. Donation of Perkins Brailler, Slate, and Stylus, books in Braille and print about mainstreaming of blind students into public schools. Contact Ibrahim Abdulkarim, P.O. Box 5426, Kano, Kano State, 700001, Nigeria, or call 011-234-803-214-6802. ACB Officers President, Mitch Pomerantz, Final Term, 2013, 1115 Cordova Street, Number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. First Vice President, Kim Charlson, Final Term, 2013, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. Second Vice President, Brenda Dillon, Final Term, 2013, 313 Overridge Cove, Hermitage, Tennessee, 37076. Secretary, Marlena Lieberg, Final Term, 2013, 632 South 189th Street, Burien, Washington, 98148. Treasurer, Carla Rushevel, First Term, 2013, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Immediate Past President, Christopher Gray, Final Term, 2013, 94 Ramona Avenue, San Francisco, California, 94103. ACB Board of Directors Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois, Final Term, 2014. Burl Colley, Lacey, Washington, First Term, 2012. Janet Dickelman, St. Paul, Minnesota, First Term, 2014. Marsha Farrow, Somerville, Georgia, First Term, 2012. Michael Garrett, Missouri City, Texas. First term, 2012. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. First term, 2014. Billy Jean Keith, Arlington, Virginia. 
Final Term, 2012. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, First Term, 2014. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, Final Term, 2014. David Trott, Talladega, Alabama, Final Term, 2012. Ex Officio, Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas. ACB Board of Publications. Paul Edwards, Chairman, Miami, Florida, Final Term, 2013. Nolan Crabb, Hilliard, Ohio, First Term, 2013. Marcia Dresser, Reading, Massachusetts, Second Term, 2012. Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas, Second Term, 2012. Ken Stewart, Warwick, New York, Final Term, 2012. Ex Officios, Ron Milliman, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. End of Side 3